Super Talk Mississippi media production. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the new week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us. Glad to be back and uh, glad to be talking about Southern Miss sports. Catherine Maloney from DBAT will be joining us later in the program. Kelly Sander will catch up with him as well. Got to talk to Jack Duggan here in just a minute about fall football camp opening segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great food seven days a week, and they can cater your op- your upcoming homecoming get-togethers and tailgates and all the things that are associated with Southern Miss football. Dickie's can cater those events for you. Just give them a call right here in Hattiesburg. Tell them about your event. They will tailor-make a program for you. All right, Jack Duggan is the Sports Information Director, as you know, for the University of Southern Mississippi and keeping a close eye on Golden Eagle football. That's now less than two weeks away. Jack, always good to have you on the show. And I want to ask you, first of all, about a guy that I think uh, may be the star of the football team, Frank Gore Jr. Uh, how's Mr. Gore looked in uh, fall camp? What would you? How would you analyze uh, what he's been able to do so far? Well, I, I think he's he's been as advertised, uh, you know, a couple of scrimmages. I think he's he's had three touchdowns in each scrimmage, a couple of rushing touchdowns in each scrimmage, a couple of uh, receiving touchdowns. He was, uh, I think, he was right around 170 yards last Saturday uh, with about 16 or 16 or 18 touches. So, uh, boy, he's been fun to watch, and uh, he's just going to get better. And uh, you know, Golden Eagle fans are going to be in for a real real treat to see. This young man performed each and every Saturday. Now, Jack, you've seen a lot of great backs. Edo Smith comes to mind. Uh, Jalen Richard comes to mind. What separates Frank Gore Jr.? What makes him a special player? Well, I, I, you know, he just he 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 knows he knows what he's doing. He knows he knows what cuts to make. He knows where to block. He knows how to block. He knows how to get out in the flat for a for a reception. You know, and, and you know maybe that you know a lot of that I'm sure has, has come from being around the game his whole life. You know, with his dad uh, being a longtime NFL running back, and so you got to think that a lot of that uh, you know gets taught along the way, and uh, you know, and, and I think that's kind of that gives him some some intangibles. That, uh, that that makes him a special player. Can he be another Edo Smith for this football team? Yeah, sure can. You know that's the great thing about that's the great thing about COVID, Bob is is that he still has four years and he's got a chance. Uh, he's got a chance for four one thousand yard seasons. There's only one other Southern Miss player to, to ever do that, and that's Damian Fletcher. He did that from 2006 to 2009. Um, who and and really. There's been less than twelve or thirteen, uh, at least when when Damian did it. Uh, there was only about twelve or thirteen guys that have had in Division One that have ever 
rush for a thousand yards in each of their four seasons. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a it's a lofty goal for him, for sure. But I think it's something for him that that I think is is possibly reachable. You were telling me too before we went on the air. Tight ends are going to play a big role in this football team, and and they've sort of stood out in camp. They really have. I mean. <laughs> You know, it seems like every day after practice, Coach Hall has has, has praised them, uh, not only for their blocking and their catching ability, but also, you know, kind of used as fullbacks in the in the, in the backfield. They've used that. Uh, Cole Cavallo's had a couple of rushing touchdowns and scrimmages. Uh, Grayson Gunners had a great camp. Uh, Ray Ladner's had a great camp. Uh, uh, Narcus Driver, another young man, and, and it's just it's it's you know, and there's there's two. Uh, uh, two or three more guys. Uh, Michael Jeffcoat's another one uh, that that is that is in that room, and I know that's one area that Coach Hall has been really, really pleased with. All right, look, get in here with Jack Duggan. Jack, something else. Uh, follow up that tight end. You know, you mentioned Cavallo has those rushing touchdowns, and a lot of times, what these in these power spread offenses, they put these guys at fullback, and a lot of people like Driver last year in that position, six two, about two seventy, and right. uh, so we could see you know potential offensive sets where we got two tight ends on the field, but one's going to play more of a an H back or a fullback role. Well, you know, he said he said that you're going to see tight ends in this offense, one, two, even three sometimes. So uh, it, it, you know, it's going to be kind of a, a little bit different, different look than we've seen probably in a long time. Uh, you know, tight ends just haven't, at least you know, over the last ten years, I don't think tight ends have, have played a big role in our offense, and, and I think that's going to probably change a little bit this year. Quarterback position: Trey Low, eleven and nineteen Saturday for one hundred and thirty-three yards uh, with a touchdown. Tyke's played better than his, his stat line from everything that I've read. He was six of thirteen, but had several drops. And you know, really, uh, even on a busted play in the end uh, or towards the end zone, he, he uh, back went the wrong way and, and he rushed in. So Keys um, showed some presence on Saturday in the pocket. He did, and, and I tell you what, he's getting better. And better and better, and and it, it's fun to watch him mature. I mean, everybody's you know familiar with with him from Taylorsville High School, and I guess what three three out of four state championships uh, uh, that that he that he accumulated while he was there. And uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Ty's, Ty, I think, has got a chance to be a special young man here at Southern Miss. Jack, I'm an old school yeah. guy. I like that stick him in the mouth defense. Uh, how does that side of the ball look? Well, I think better. Uh, you know, defensive line a little banged up uh, uh, over over the first couple three weeks of camp. But you know, that's everybody. And you know, once they get back healthy, I think I think our defense is going to be better. Uh, they, they're going to they understand the uh, the the history of the nasty bunch, and they certainly want to contribute to that. And uh, no, I think I think we got a chance to to, to be uh, uh, pretty good on defense. I mean, we're not won't have the the the, the big name players, but I think we got a lot of a lot of guys that are going to step up and they're going to they're going to band together and, and play really well on that side of the ball. And the transfers that have come in from some of the uh, some of the Power Five schools making their presence known as well. Well, th- that's true. Uh, you know, we we we've we've had a Deshaun Crawford from Bay Springs. You know he's one of those guys up up front on that defensive line. You know another guy who who's been in camp uh, not a not a power five transfer, but uh, uh, Josh Carr Jr. Uh, from a transfer from Southeastern Louisiana. He's had a an interception in each of the first two scrimmages. Um, 
uh, this fall. So uh, that's another another name to watch. But uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be fun. You, you know, you got Hayes Maples. You know, they're hope, hopeful they'll get uh, Swayze Bozeman. He's missed all of camp with, I believe, an ankle injury. So you know, hopefully get him back fairly soon. And uh, you know, just uh, Santrell Latham. There's another guy who who I think is poised to have a big year for the defense. And uh, Atron Brooks, another guy. And uh, so. You know, there's 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 talent there, and and I think that's probably the biggest thing that that I've seen is 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 in terms of depth. I think we've got a lot more talent. All right, two minutes left, Luke. What else you got for the old left-hander? Talking about depth, um, Jack. One thing that was really good to hear with uh, from Coach Hall after the scrimmage. They really feel good. They've got ten guys on the offensive line. They're too deep at position. He made the the comment that's kind of hard to five on the group of five level, and it's starting to shake out. Looks like Foxworth may start at right guard. Uh, Coker Wright moved over to back up Arvin Fletcher, but um, this this offensive line, and it could have been because a couple of the guys were out, like you mentioned, um, kit, uh, Kitchens and, and Syke on or Sykes on uh, on Saturday. But the offensive line did really good, and, and Will Hall was really praising them after the scrimmage. It was, and, and you know, I think with 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 the, the offense, and and you know, it's a little skewed those stats from scrimmages because it's basically. You know they're to run and play after play after play, and you know, but but still the fact that that we had three 100 yard rushers in that scrimmage, I think is uh, is goes to the to that to that you know what you're saying is that the offensive line really has a chance to be a lot better, and I think it does, and it's a it's going to be a mix of veterans and some new guys. Uh, you know, it it. Arvin Fletcher, I think he's played every spot on the the offensive line. He's going to take over at center, and uh, you know a very cerebral young man who I think will will, will do a great job uh, in that role. And uh, you know, it just it's just man, it's it's hard to believe it's just twelve days, twelve days away. We're just looking forward to to, to getting to that point and uh, uh, playing South Alabama. Yeah, no no question about that. It's been a long time, had it, Jack, since we've. Uh... Gone into a football season, full bore with fans in the stands, and uh, I think we're all ready to see it happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm interested to see what uh, what crowd uh, we'll have down in Mobile for that first game. I'm sure, I'm sure Southern Miss fans will will, will will flock down there in droves, and you know, I would think that that Mobile would be a lot like uh, uh, New Orleans in terms of you know our fans going down there and having a great weekend uh, and enjoying the city. No question. Always appreciate you, my friend. Hey, thank you, guys. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and uh, look forward to seeing y'all at The Rock here uh, coming up in a few weeks. Jack Duggan, everybody. Sports Information Director, University of Southern Mississippi. Kelly Sanders next on the Eagle Hour. Catherine Maloney still to come. Lots to stick around for. We hope you will. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Second segment of the show, every week sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Miss Kathleen and her great staff down there providing the best apparel and the best Southern Miss merchandise on the planet. Hope you'll stop by. They're open six days a week or you can shop them online 
at campusbookmart.net. I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us in the first segment. Catherine Maloney still to come from DBAT. Kelly Sander now. Kelly Sander, I haven't talked to you much in the past week. I spent the weekend uh, in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida, and I got back Friday night in time to watch the preseason football game, or at least part of it, between uh, the Washington uh, Redskins and the Cincinnati Bengals, and I found myself... No, you can't say that name. Yes, yes I can. Name, the Washington Bob. Redskins. And, uh, and Kelly, I, f- I found myself thinking after the game, if only Washington could play Cincinnati every week, they would be back as a contender a contender in the playoffs. Bob, it's not just Washington that says that. Every NFL team says that. <laughs> <laughs> if we could just play Cincinnati every week, you know. Um, yeah, and, and I know people Cincinnati, oh, it was just preseason. I'm saying... Well, it was just preseason last week when the Bengals beat Tampa Bay, and y'all are jumping up and down like you just beat the, you know, the world champions, which they did. But again, mm-hmm. it was a preseason game, so which, we'll see. It's going to all start counting here. Sooner yeah, which which really later. means nothing. It's hard to watch an entire preseason game because it's, uh, you know, you, you kind of get the. I, I was glad to see one thing, guys, that they've taken away overtime in preseason games. I saw a. Uh, little bit of the Rams and the Raiders the other night, and uh, they had to go for two at the end of the game. They scored right at the end of the game, the Rams did. Uh, but, you know, they, they went for two. They didn't want to end up in a tie. No need to play overtime in preseason NFL football. And, and you are essentially seeing the second and third strings. Correct. Okay, you know, for what, for what that's worth. But I will say on the Southern Miss front that Mike Thomas is having a great fall for Cincinnati. You know, he was under a one-year... There was no guarantee that he was going to make this club this year. Right. Um, but he has he has uh, really delivered. And, in fact, every target that they've... That they have, you know, to him, he has made the catch. And you might think, well, that's his job. And I hear that. But Jamar Chase, the number one draft pick of Cincinnati, who was picked, I think, I don't know, fifth overall, the wide receiver out of LSU, dropped... Three straight third down passes that they threw to him, and I mean, he—I don't—I I don't think he's made a catch yet. No. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the number one draft pick for Cincinnati, so you know. No. Well, that that, kind of, it, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, I find it hard to believe that Cincinnati would screw up a draft pick. You know, that's that's never happened. Uh, Luke, I'll tell you, a guy I'm a little worried about is Nick Mullins. Uh, yeah, he seems to be struggling with that Philadelphia offense. The Eagles don't look very good right now. I wonder. You just wonder if Mullins will make the final roster there. Well, he's, you know, he's battling Joe Flacco for the backup. Mullins, 5 of 10 Thursday night when they were blown out by the Patriots. 5 of 10 for 27 yards with a pick. But he got sacked three times. Uh, Joe Flacco was 10 of 17 for 83 yards with a pick. So, yeah, um, you you don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, who knows what might, might happen with that. I'm, I'm looking at a couple more. Southern Miss guys um, that played, and, and like Kelly mentioned, Mike Thomas, three catches for 14 yards, but more importantly, three targets, um, three catches. I think Cornell Armstrong played uh, the other night, and uh, and I'll look up some of these throughout the segment, and we can, we can report on them. Kelly, Edo Smith is out in Arizona. You got any clue as to how Edo might be doing it? That, that could be a very good football team. Not anymore. No? Not anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, he Edo, was Edo released. got cut. Got cut. Yeah, he, he, he got cut. Uh, I mean, we were talking about him, I think, on Tuesday's show last week, and uh, no more did the show get over, and, and Arizona cut him. So he, he's available. 
Um, you know, you mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know they're in that, that NFC division with your Washington team, Bob, but I really think that, that, that there are all indications that that dumpster fire has already been lit. Right. I, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a huge disappointment um, this year. And they've got a first-year coach who a lot of people said, you know, why was he hired to begin with? Um, and, they, and, of course, the, the Philadelphia insiders will say, well, it was either this guy or Ellis Johnson. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 I think the question in Philadelphia is why did you let go of your other coach who two years previous had taken you to the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, like you said, Southern Miss fans know all too well uh, that sometimes you have to be careful what you ask for because the answer is not always as good as what you had before. Yeah, you know, you know, so back it, to the, it, back to the Edo Smith thing, guys. And I wasn't in part of that conversation last week, but that's just hard to figure because it appeared to me that uh, Edo Smith played a really productive role with the Atlanta Falcons, and then suddenly he's gone from there, and, and he's gone from being a really productive. It seemed. NFL back to a guy that's struggling to find a team. I got to tell you, Bob, I'm surprised by that too. I've, I've really been scratching my head on that one. Uh, he's been durable, you know. He hasn't hasn't been hurt, you know, very very much at all. So you can't they can't lay that at his feet. So right. well, you never you never stay healthy. I think he'll land on his feet somewhere, but you know where that where that will be, of course, uh, remains to be seen. All right. Any any thoughts about that, Luke? What what's happened to Edo Smith? Part of it is, I mean, he, he's a little undersized, and when you're that size, you're more of a third down back. And it was just with the Cardinals. I mean, they have Chase Edmonds, and then they brought James Conner in, who for a couple seasons struggled to stay healthy, but he was kind of a second, uh, two down or even three down back for the Steelers. And so, uh, you know, they, they literally brought Ito in for about a week and then let him go. He wasn't going to be a fit. I thought he would have fit well out there simply because Kingsbury, you know, likes to put guys in space and runs more of an, an open offense, but apparently it didn't happen. But I do think it's it's somewhat a knock on his size. Right. Kelly, you think that? Maybe it's his size? I, I just, I really, I mean, if I had some insight on that, I certainly would share it. But I, he's a guy that I would sign. But, again, we know these Southern Miss guys more than, mm-hmm. more than and, it, and it is it is a, cutthroat business up there you know um now i know you know when you look at, at, at southern miss this current edition of the southern miss team you know will hall is saying now that he's going to make the fullback sexy again you know it, it, a lot of teams have gotten away from using fullbacks and, and using one back sets but uh it looks like they're going to implement the fullback and get a lot of use out of the tight ends this year which that's got to be good news for um you know i've always been a big fan of using the tight end in offenses and when people say well the tight ends can't be productive. I mean, all you have to do is look at the NFL, guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and Zach Ertz and some of those guys in the past, from the past. Uh, and there's a guy in Tampa named Gronkowski who's had a pretty good career. So, I, you know, I think the implementation of the fullback and the tight end is going to be a really good thing. And I'm, I'm look forward, looking so forward to being in Mobile uh, a week from Saturday night, uh, probably medicated at kickoff, mm-hmm. but, I, but I, <laughs> I won't be so bad off. But I won't be able to enjoy uh, some eagle action against the Jags. Right, uh, great. Couple I, of, um, I think a great opening game for Southern Miss too. Really, really I think good so. measuring couple stick, of yeah. other, couple of other notes from uh, Southern Miss guys uh, in the NFL and that thirty-five to nothing defeat from the by the Patriots. Quez Watkins was targeted one time, didn't have a catch, and uh, but you still kind of expect it. He's still got a chance to to be in, in the, the the top three. I mean, he to, to start. If not, he's going to be the fourth receiver 
on the field. Uh, the Buccaneers got dropped by the Titans. Uh, they fall to 0-2 in the season. Rakeem Nunez-Rochez had a tackle in that game. Cornell Armstrong playing for the Houston Texans this year, had two tackles in a 20-14 victory over the Cowboys, just a, a little South Mississippi flavor, too. Scotty Phillips, who played at South Jones and at Jones College, four rushes for 16 yards in that game. And then the Colts defeated the Vikings 12-10, and Michael Harris had a catch you know, on two targets in that game. Have we heard anything uh, out in Oakland with Jalen Richard, uh, Luke? He seems to be pretty well situated there. Well, they brought in a, a, a couple free agent guys, and of course, Josh Jacobs is the uh, kind of the bell cow. They drafted him, you know, out of Alabama a couple years ago, but um, he did not have any rushes uh, against the uh, the Rams um, last week. But they they didn't even play some of their starters in that game either. Right, right. Anything surprise you so far, Santa, about the, what we're seeing out of the NFL? Well, the the lack of, of really any production in the, in the preseason, uh, I, I really don't even see what the purpose of the preseason is. Right. Uh, especially when and, and I, I t- look, if I were them, I wouldn't play my starters either. Um, but if it's but if it's just a matter of securing roster spots and things, you know, you can determine that in practice and in in scrimmages with others. You know, like like spring like spring training baseball games. There's teams that train in the area. You know, that are around. You just get together and and have some scrimmages and determine your, your starting there. Of course, in the recent bargaining agreement, they did go down to three preseason games and added one during the regular season. But I'm not even sure that three preseason games are necessary, especially if you're going to start those guys. Uh, just a, a couple would probably be ample, I would think. Look, I love NFL football. Probably nobody loves the game any more than I do, and I find it difficult to watch a whole preseason game. Even if it's a team that I'm interested in, it's just uh, – you're right, Kelly. I mean, it's just non-productive, and and uh, you know, you, a lot of guys are playing that you know are not going to be on the roster when the season starts. But, but in fairness, Bob, you know, you're a Washington fan, so it's hard to watch a regular. Season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife. Cool. My wife asked me one year that I think they were like three and thirteen, and she walked by the room and just stopped for a moment and says, "Why do you do this to yourself?" and and left. <laughs> Hey, and I, and I know I'm coming back a little bit later. I have a beef with the University of Charlotte. All right. A huge beef. Kelly Sander with his beef. That's later. Catherine Maloney is next. Stay with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Brand new week of the Eagle Hour. Third segment today, 12 days away from football season. Give you a little news and notes in the next segment about how some Golden Eagle 
teams fared over the weekend, but uh, we're going to talk D-Bat and D-1 training. They're going to bring us the third segment of the Eagle Hour today, D-Bat and D-1, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the place to go to get trained in the best shape of your life, the place to go on the left at D-Bat uh, with the best instruction, best facilities uh, in Mississippi, D-Bat and D-1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, and we're happy to have Catherine Maloney joining us now to talk about an up coming camp. Catherine, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure to come on and talk to y'all. Let's talk about this Labor Day camp. We've mentioned it uh, the past few weeks, but uh, let's talk more about it. It's coming up, and a kid's obviously off of school that day and an opportunity to, to refine some skills and tell us all about it. Yeah, so two weeks from today, we'll be having our Labor Day camp. It's just a one-day camp, of course, on Labor Day, and it'll go from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., which is our normal camp time. Um, price is $45 a day, and this, this camp is actually just going to be baseball only. Uh, normally, we do uh, we have baseball and softball, but this one is just going to be a baseball camp. So any kids from between the ages of 6 and 13, are welcome to sign up, and we're excited. It's going to be a camp. We'll kind of go over everything at this camp. It'll be an all-aspects camp, so get a little bit of everything that day. So get not only get hitting, have some fielding involved in that too? Yeah, so we'll do hitting, fielding. We'll work on base running and agility stuff, um, and then at the end we'll play some games, so it'll be fun. Let's talk about for a minute, too, uh, and it's a bigger conversation about the facilities that you have at DBAT and, and D1 Training. When people are talking about, yeah, we're going to have a uh, you know a, a camp on Hardy Street, people are going to say, where? And the people who say that have obviously never been inside to see the phenomenal facilities that you have on the hitting side, on the DBAT side. I mean, when you look at you know your uh, your cages and and what you offer the community, this is a baseball only camp. But the but the softball machines, people can work top of the strike zone, middle of the strike zone, bottom of the strike zone, four or five different um, you know sets paired also with the type of instruction uh, the instructors that you guys have at D Bat and D One. Oh yeah, for sure. And like you said about us being on Hardy Street, a lot of people. Still, I mean, we've been open over a year now um, and have over 300 members, but we still have a lot of people coming in that have never been in, and they're just shocked at, from the outside, doesn't it kind of just looks like a small little place, and then you walk in, and we've got our 10 full cages in the back, and then the pro shop in the front, and it's, it's really impressive. But, yeah, you're right. Um, we've got a little bit for everyone. We've got plenty of room. Our machines throw for baseball, softball. Uh, slow pitch and fast pitch, so a little bit for everybody. Hey, Catherine, you were talk, talking to me off the air, and uh, you were indicating, too, there's some employment opportunity available right now at DBAT and D1. You want to talk about that? For sure. So right now we are hiring, um, actively hiring. We're looking for an assistant general manager and camp director. So um, that role would be one and the same, and of course, camps usually have at least one camp a month, and so the camp director would help plan that and run the camps and do, um, you know, money stuff for camps. And then with the assistant general manager position, they're basically helping me out on a day-to-day basis and and taking care of the the duties as a, a manager would. So we're currently looking for a person 
to fill that spot. Um, preferably, you know, someone that has a background in baseball, softball, athletics, works well with kids, stuff like that. Um, and then we're also looking right now to fill some more spots with baseball and softball instructors. So with us, you can never have too many. We have a high demand here. A lot of kids that play in the area, and we just need as many quality instructors as we can get. Now, Catherine, we've never revealed this, I don't think, on the show about you, but uh, I, I learned actually uh, off the air, too, that uh, not only were you a college softball player, you were a college softball coach for three years. I was. I coached at Northwest Community College for three seasons right out of uh, right out of college for me. I was a baby. But um, I coached there for three years, so I did, you know, my fair share of coaching and recruiting, and it's, it was a really fun time. I loved it. And then I actually coached one year of high school ball. When I moved down here to Hattiesburg, I, I coached at Perry Central High School for one year. You know, we talk a lot about baseball on this show. Uh, we're all big college baseball fans, but uh, – you know, uh, young women, and, and I was I was involved many years ago with, with the young women's travel softball. I don't think people understand how hard young women work at their game and how competitive. I really don't think they understand how competitive uh, young women can be uh, in tournament settings of softball, Catherine. Oh, it is. You know, it's not a job for sissies, I can tell you that. It's just like baseball, you there's so much time and dedication put into it and hard work and you're out there in the weather and the hot and almost, I mean, I'm prejudiced, but I like, I think it's honestly more competitive than baseball just because there's less opportunity, especially if you get to a level of wanting to play at the college level. And, you know, they do have professional softball, but it is very small league and does not pay a lot of money at all. So right. <laughs> it's, um, it is very competitive, but there's some real ballers out there. For sure. I, I can remember at U-Triple-S-A and A-S-A softball tournaments, uh, you would have games that uh, I, intense wouldn't even describe it, Catherine. And, you know, you're playing at 11 o'clock at night. You've been out there since 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock that morning. Nobody wants to go home. Uh, it's uh, It's something that people ought to experience, don't you think? Oh, for sure. And I've got the pleasure to experience at every level uh, as a player, as a coach, and then also as a college recruiter. Spent many hours out of the ball field in the heat watching hundreds and hundreds of players play. And so um, it's a good life. But, a lot, yeah, a lot of people, they just have no idea, you know, what, what goes into it. How many young women do you see come in your facility? Because I know you have – I know you have softball training, you have softball uh, machines. Uh, what percentage would you think are, are young women that take advantage of your facilities? Um, I don't know, you know, off the top of my head. I would say probably only 15 or 20 percent of our clients are softball mm-hmm. players. Um, that's definitely, we're mostly, you know, majority baseball. But I will say the softball players that are in here, are very dedicated and very serious about improving. You know, they're not the casual just in here every now and then, which a lot of the, um, you know, we have tons of baseball guys in here at any level, but the softball girls are the ones that are the real deal. 
Well, we would love to grow that. We're always looking um, for more softball. We're, we're looking for a softball pitching instructor right now. We had Kaylin Ladner, who, of course, played at USM. She was awesome for us, but she's no longer at USM, and so we're, we need some more softball instructors for sure, specifically pitching. And at what age can, can young girls come and, and start taking advantage of your facilities and your training? Um, well, we start lessons at the age of six for any uh, baseball or softball. Now, for pitching, of course, it's similar to baseball. They don't start pitching until they're in the 10 and under um, league. So usually around eight, nine, nine is the age that girls would start doing their specialized like pitching or catching lessons. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we start training as low as six years old. There you go. All right, before we uh, let you go, tell us one more time about your upcoming camp and how people can get involved. Yes, so you can sign up by coming into the facility, by calling us, or by visiting our website, dbathattiesburg.com. Uh, there's a camp tab on there where you can easily register. And then same thing for our employment. If you're looking to want to apply for any of our positions, you can go online to dbathattiesburg.com. There's an employment tab where you can fill out a form, and if you're qualified, hopefully we can meet up with you. (laughs) All right, Catherine. It's always a pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour. You're welcome here every time. We appreciate uh, your organization's support of our program. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Catherine Maloney, everybody, who's the manager of the DBAT training facility here in Hattiesburg. And, uh, Luke, it would be an understatement to talk about how sophisticated and really overwhelming uh, that facility is uh, for people who maybe don't have never been inside and never seen it for themselves. They do a great job, and, and Catherine's one that knows. Okay, so she knows the the side of softball. I just did a little stat research. She was a lifetime three ten hitter when she played at Itawamba. She was a two time All North selection at second base. Four home runs, 24 doubles, 55 RBIs, 89 <laughs> runs, and 24 stolen bases in two seasons wow. for uh, Frida Wama. So she knows, and that's why, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, believes in what D-Bat and D-1 is doing because they do it with excellence. Catherine Maloney, D-Bat. We'll be right back. Kelly Santa rejoins the Eagle Hour. We'll wrap up the Monday edition on the other side of this break. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by 4th Street. 4th Street Bar and Grill in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Red beans and rice were on the menu today. They have a mahi-mahi salad also. Always remember, you can go on their uh, their website a little before lunch, probably two hours before lunch, three hours before lunch. You can see what they're serving up at eight ninety five. All kinds of preseason stuff going on, and college football starts in some places this week. And Four Street Bar and Grill will have all of it on the television. 
Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Lady Eagles on the soccer pitch dropped a two to one decision to to LSU. Really hard fought game Thursday night in Baton Rouge. They bounce back on the road at Grambling and a win one to nothing in actual. Extra time, they um, dominated Grambling with shots uh, sixteen to four and shots on goal nine to one. But the uh, the Golden Eagles were able um, to get a goal from Ryan Smith. She scored her first collegiate goal to uh, cause the Lady Eagles to improve to one and one on the season. They will have their home opener this coming Thursday at the Southern Miss Soccer Complex at five p.m. against Nickel. State. Volleyball also opened the season with an exhibition against Mississippi State. Took the first set from the Lady Bulldogs and then uh, dropped the next three. And uh, so that was just an exhibition game, but Coach Radecki and her squad will open the weekend this coming Friday uh, for the Southern Miss Classic at home against uh, Mississippi Valley State uh, at 3 p.m. A couple um, more stats from the scrimmage this weekend. Uh, Offense had over 500 yards. On 77 plays, I think it was. Frank Gore Jr. rushed 16 times for 164 yards, two touchdowns. Darius Mayberry, 12 rushes for 131 yards. Ty Keyes, the backup quarterback, 12 rushes for 114 yards, two touchdowns. Passing, Trey Lowe, 11 of 19 for 133 and a touchdown. T Webb, 4 of 8 for 40 yards. Ty Keyes, 6 of 13 with a touchdown. Kelly Sander joins us back, and uh, you got beef, Sander, with. Uh, Somebody uh, out of Conference USA. Yeah, I really do, Luke. I, you know, it, and it's not often that I get steamed, but but I'm but I'm legitimately steamed today. Uh, it has nothing to do with the weather. As you know, earlier this year we reported that in in conjunction with Southern Prohibition uh, Brewery in Hattiesburg, the Southern Miss folks have come up with with their own brand of beer, which will help raise money and and be unique to Southern Miss fans. And Southern Miss fans had a chance to vote on the name either Black Attack or Gold Rush. Well, the Southern Miss fans voted for the name Gold Rush. Well, the University of Charlotte, who are, of course, the 49ers, you know, referring to the people who panned for gold, nowhere in North Carolina, by the way. (laughs) I have no idea why they've come up with 49ers. But they, too, have come up with a beer to help raise money, and they have, too, named it Gold Rush. Now, are you trying to copy us, Charlotte? Is that what the deal is here? Of course, I know people at the University of Iowa would say, oh, yeah, you guys have room to talk. Uh, when they accused us of trying to, to uh, you know, mimic their logo. But, yeah, Charlotte is going to have a beer, and they're calling it Gold Rush. Now, let's get original. That's my beef. <laughs> And you're sticking to it, aren't you, Sander? I mean, you know, you could you could pick you could pick any other name besides that one, but that one is already taken. Correct. We don't, Did we, we not don't copyright play, that or something? And we don't play Charlotte this year, do we? Because we could settle it on the field. <laughs> but we don't. We I don't mean, play I, Charlotte. I would assume that somebody would have copyrighted that. Well, well apparently I not. I guess they didn't. Might have been the same guys that wrote Ellis Johnson's contract. I don't know. Correct. But, Maybe so. <laughs> We should take we that University of Iowa stance about stuff like that, Kelly. That that's right. They can't be copying us. Now again, we don't play we don't play Charlotte, I don't think, and we don't play Marshall. Uh thank goodness we don't play Marshall. But I'm just saying we, we could settle this this on the field. But we are actually going to get to sample on the air uh, 
this week some fresh off of the brewery or whatever you call it, the brewery lines. Uh, make sure make sure you're at home. Yes, yes. Um, so the gold rush, we'll get to actually taste that this week sometime. No, no. Well, we're looking forward to that. We, we just kind of feel like it's our duty, you know, to the Southern Miss Nation to test that out before it's released on the market. Right, Kelly? Oh, of course. I mean, we want to we want to make sure before you know we'll give you the the inside scoop as to what it tastes like. And of course, mm-hmm. You don't want yours. Uh, what you might be able to do with your extras. There is um, no limit to the sacrifice we will make for the Southern Miss fan base. All, all for our friends and, and listeners, Bob. We, we aim to please. That's I, for sure. I could be wrong, but I, I would I would believe the mayor of the Roost would probably join us in an effort to you know provide safety for the Southern Miss fan base, Kelly. Hey, we'll have to call Jody and see. We'll all we'll all give it a thumbs up or. A, I don't think it'll be a thumbs down because they no. put such great effort and, and put that extra love into, into brewing do, um, this do, Gold Rush beer. Do they make Gold Rush and Dasani? Do they do that? I don't know. No, they don't. They don't, Luke. But but it is available now, Southern Miss fans. So if you're looking forward at your favorite uh, place where you buy such libations. Corner Market, Gold I Rush. believe. I believe Corner Market's selling it. Yes, that's right. right. Corner Market does. All right. Among other places. I want to thank Catherine Maloney, Jack Duggan, for joining us in the show. Glad to be back. Glad you're with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll join us then. Until then, Southern Miss. To the the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.